3: Welcome everyone to the Sonic Society, the world's largest showcase of modern audio drama. This is episode 620, Sonic Square. Right here with my co-host of the most, David Alt. <laughs> How was your week, David? Are you busily preparing for Christmas events now?
4: Oh, it is... Uh, I still say that you can't have Christmas until you've had my birthday, which is... Uh, let's see what... Uh, oh! Oh! which is coming up very shortly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but yes, it's been a very good week. In fact, I've been down at my old school talking about careers in the arts, which was a lot of fun. Oh, wow. So, so, so uh, you do, uh, do
3: it an hour-long chat, or how long? Well, it?
4: just uh, it was more of an informal sort of meet-and-greet type of thing, just to give people ideas for, for where you can go. Cool. I, I do get invited by my old school to, to give careers events, but I'm not one of these people that has a... You know, one of the more structured careers that people often think about. Right. Having been to them before and seen, oh yes, I well, I've been at this construction company for the last thirty years and <laughs> or, yes, I, I I've been in this bank for the last thirty years. Exactly. And, and here's me as some sort of itinerant <laughs> um make whatever money I can when I can. Uh, and just live life and enjoy it. I've
3: been the star of everyone's audio drama for the last 30 years. <laughs> That's what you could say. Maybe not 30, but getting up there. <laughs> well, 15, thank you. 15, there you go. It's been 15 um, years for you, 15 years for the Sonic Society. It's a big year for everybody. <laughs>
4: absolutely, yes. Yes, it is. It's a lot of fun, and cool. I think I, it, it it's good for people to see that there are careers that don't involve signing your life over to a company for however long
3: yeah and just the ability to take sort of control of your art and be able to utilize exactly. it in a variety of different yeah. ways i'm sure there's a lot of excitement that the kids have from being able to see that there's there's so much more variety out there than... i like to think so <laughs> yeah well i think that's great speaking of uh last week we were talking about your wonderful no sleep tour it mm. was probably great for you to catch up with a bunch of your friends there too and have sort of long form discussions I'll bet on some of the <laughs> occasion with stuff what were some mm. I was thinking about your food what was what was mm. it like did you have a particular meal plan that you guys worked with did you pack a lot of stuff did you end up eating Ooh, at very like what yes. was what were some of your well, favorite Highlights well, this is
4: this is this is a very interesting question because one of the beautiful things about this particular tour was how much we had learned from the previous two. Mm. The last year's tour built on the first one, but this year's was so much smoother and so much more relaxing as a result of those lessons. Cool, so um, the routing was firstly very good there was no backtracking it was just straight boom 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 we had some rest days built in so uh, we had the day off in uh, new york city which was great fun wonderful Another day off or half day off in DC just to have a look around. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of places we had we had time off. Even Toronto, I had I walked eight miles around Toronto oh, around wow. the city center, which was lovely, a lot of fun. So then there was that. Food wise, we realized uh, that trying to get a lot of food and bring it with us, essentially, and try and cook right. when we get to Airbnbs and things is too difficult. It, it things get wasted. Sure. So we one thing we did have was one of those little NutriBullet things, and David would make protein shakes in the morning oh, nice. with lots of vitamins, etc. And that was a really good start to the day, and meant that we weren't sort of reaching for breakfast sandwiches and things. Right, and then we were able to have a decent meal at lunchtime and sort of something lighter in the in the evening. Sure. But we certainly had a a huge range of foods from some okay barbecue. We didn't manage to get to the really, really nice barbecue that we went to last year, unfortunately. Uh, We had some very, very good Mexican. Oh, good. And... some really really gorgeous steak <laughs> so, <laughs> Good. Uh, i was uh, uh yeah i even met up with christoph laputka oh, of great. the leviathan chronicles yes. he has moved to san francisco and he took me out on his vespa uh, nice. so i got <laughs> i got to ride around on a scooter <laughs> and he took me to a, a lovely fish place and then cooked a, a a nice steak before dropping me off at the venue so I was very wonderfully treated there how's he doing and uh, he's doing very well and the Leviathan Chronicles is going to be finished wonderful it was it'll be hopefully done within the next couple of months he's just getting a few things topped and tailed cool but the leviathan chronicles will be be out so if there are any listeners that have not come across the leviathan chronicles then i suggest absolutely that you do go and find that there are hours and hours and hours of content there um, which will be playing
3: on is, the mutual audio network soon too
4: oh brilliant yes. excellent so, thanks uh, to you. so listen out for that <laughs> so <Sorry>. yes <laughs> listen out for that yeah. and um uh Get ready for the explosive end of the series. That
3: sounds fantastic. So I guess this is a perfect time to say, let's start our own explosions right now. (laughs) Uh, As we get close to this week's double feature, where we're back to the 11th hour productions, including the Radcliffe Square Labyrinth, written by Richard H. Brooks, and a short called Waiting for a Lift from Owen McEwen. And both begin (laughs) right here
4: on the Sonic Society.
2: The lights have gone out.
5: I wouldn't worry. All this new wiring in the university can be a bit hooky.
2: I just want to be there on time. Make a good impression. How do I look? Um... I mean in the light. How do I look when the lights are on?
5: Oh gosh, properly put together. Like one of those college ladies.
2: An academic?
5: Well, no, we don't have any women as such. Like the dinner ladies. You know, the older ones. Not that you're old or grumpy, but they wear pearls, too.
2: I'm not wearing any. Oh. Let's carry on walking. It's probably not too much further to...
5: Pipes, I suppose. They'll have pipes in the archives, don't you think?
2: I'm sure it's fine. Look, Roger. Thank you for arranging this for me. I was really touched Honestly, you don't need to walk me all the way to the interview.
5: Oh gosh, it's not a problem. Actually, I think it's probably compulsory. Um you know earlier you were asking me about what to expect. It's
2: all right. I know I was anxious. But I'm fine now. I've spent every hour I can reading for this, dusting off my old school books.
5: Really? Every hour?
2: Well, I don't know what archivists do, do I? They might ask me about anything. I skipped a shift at the factory yesterday to grill the librarian in Cowley about what he does.
5: What does he do?
2: Well, spends a lot of time shushing me, really. (laughs) A lot of stares. Are you sure they don't want a college fellow or something? Don't they have lots of people who know history?
5: Oh, uh, yes. I hadn't thought of that.
2: keep bumping into bookcases. It's like a maze here. So, what did you tell them about me? Tell me everything.
5: I didn't really go into lots of detail. Sounds like some other poor blighter couldn't find the lights.
2: This sounds silly, but they do know who I am, yes? They're not expecting some chap, are they? Or
5: Roger? Oh, um, no. Well, probably no. I mean... They're not really expecting anything, per se. What do you mean,
2: not anything?
5: Well, you see, remember me saying that there was lots of chatter about vacancies in the Bodleian? So, I popped over to ask and I heard the head talking about them being on the hunt for some real bookworms. And I told them I sort of burst in. That I knew a friend who was really into, well, you know, reading and all that sort of business.
2: What did they say?
5: Well, at first they told me to go away, and mind my manners and all that. But I stayed outside the door and I heard them say that they were going to make a real effort to find people this evening, down here in the archives.
2: Find people?
5: Yes, like a selection day.
2: A selection day underground? Yes. In the dark, when everyone's finished work.
5: Well... Oh... When you say it like that... Wait, where are you going? Oh,
2: I look like a complete fool, don't I? Roger, how can you... No, no, it doesn't matter. I'm going before I get arrested for trespassing. Again!
5: Wait for me, I'm sorry. Ags, I-, I didn't mean to. Ow! Are you alright?
2: No, some idiot let a blasted pile of...
5: Are you kicking some books?
2: No, not books.
5: Good, I think I take a bit of a dim view of that over here. Where are you, exactly? It's a body. Sorry, I thought you said a body. Oh,
2: Lord, what if it's a corpse? What if I've just kicked a corpse? But
5: this is a library. It can't be. It wouldn't be allowed. Are you sure? I
2: think there's blood on the floor.
5: Maybe it's water and he
2: slipped. I don't think he's breathing. What do we do? I think it's a man. I can feel some kind of tweed jacket. A feather in the pocket. Ouch! Something sharp caught me.
5: I think I might know him. Is he tallish with dark hair?
2: How should I know? I can't see. I can feel his hand. It's limp, but it's still a little warm. Shouldn't we be doing something? You know this sort of thing.
5: More natural sciences, actually. Better with frogs than people. I think there's something about pressing on the chest and lifting an arm.
2: All right, let's try. His chest is. As-
5: oh no. That sounded rather oh, like.
2: You're awful. Do you think he was preparing a meal? It is inside, Roger. On the outside. Oh, I need a cloth or a handkerchief. Something for my hands. Well.
5: I don't have any.
2: You have pockets, don't you?
5: Yes, but... Why don't you have a handkerchief? I, I don't know. I don't prepare for cleaning off body parts. Is, is it really...? Did you hear that? Hear what? Say, Agnes, I don't think this all seems quite above board. Roger. He's
2: been murdered, and likely we're trapped. I heard someone lock a door earlier. Ooh, he might have the key. Oh, this is disgusting. Uh, I found a bottle. uh, And a box. Maybe matches.
5: He's a member of Staffags. You can't just take... Oh, and a gun. What kind of books do they have down here?
2: The archivists you heard talking. Did they say anything else?
5: Well, they did say something about how they couldn't risk letting it out into the light.
2: They said... That... Didn't sound at all suspicious to you.
5: I just assumed they were talking about the manuscripts. Roger! Oh dear. Do you think this has something to do with all those college appointments appearing suddenly? It is. Isn't it? Oh, good thinking with the match.
2: No. Oh no. Bad. What? Behind you. Take my hand. Now
0: run.
5: <sighs> a match. A match. Wait a moment. What, what did you say? What was it?
2: A monster. It was standing near you. It was huge. It had teeth and big eyes and slithering things. Like Medusa? And horns and... And mine at all? I don't know.
5: Well, shouldn't it be one or the other?
0: It shouldn't be either. You! What devil manifestation is this? Is
5: he talking to us?
0: I can't see. Um, hello? I'm
2: here for the interview?
5: Or selection day.
0: There's two of you? More? Horrors multiplying upon horrors. Um, yes?
2: My name is Agnes Whittles. I might have taken a wrong turn, perhaps.
5: My fault, really. Think I might have misheard instructions? Uh, Roger, by the way. Second year. Natural sciences. We didn't kill anyone.
0: You sound... You're in earnest, I see. Come. Come closer. Now, before the light runs out. They're everywhere, you know. I hear them crawling.
2: Was this the person that was supposed to be interviewing me?
5: No. No. Don't think so. I think he was the one you kicked. I
0: didn't mean to. He was on the floor. The heavens, it's true. Your flesh. Your hand, young lady. Oh. Yes. Yes. Blood and warmth. Good. Sir?
2: Your face? The blood? What happened to you?
0: Face, hands. It's the grubs, you see. Damn this madness, it'll devour us all. Slithering and
5: chewing and... Maybe a bit of fresh air would be the tonic. Between you and I, I think I might have missed the opening hours. Rather, perhaps we should... Sir, we need to leave.
0: Well, that's not quite... Um, let me look at you. Closer, young miss. Yes. And you, boy. No. You don't have the marks of the beast yet. Good. Good. This way. Roger. Ow!
5: What was that
0: for?
2: I'm not sure yet. I'm sure I'll decide later.
5: What's that?
2: Oh, I don't know. Brandy? I borrowed it from the other fellow.
0: Agnes! Well, it was
2: on the floor, and I didn't think he was going to miss it.
0: Stop! Did you hear that? That noise... Do you think I might be able to try some? Wait.
2: I do. I do hear something.
5: Um, right ho. where are we out of interest?
0: The match, young lady. Yes, um... Etruscan literature, 5th century BC. Keep up! I was rather thinking
5: more geographically than literary. Eggs. Do you think this guy's the full ticket?
2: You mean, do you think he murdered the other fellow?
5: Uh, No, no. I didn't mean that. Oh, heavens, I hadn't even thought of that. Do we have the gun? You did pick that up, didn't you?
2: No, I... I don't believe in guns.
5: I don't think it's necessary to believe in them. We're being haunted by an ogre. A minotaur. A monster. I don't know, but I'm sure it's not a pacifist. Say, what's wrong with your face?
2: Nothing. Well, if you must know, I was trying to cut my fringe. Is it really that bad? I thought I'd fixed it the second time.
5: No, you've cut yourself. Just there. It's here. You can hear it?
2: Sir, the monster, it's here. Can we get there any faster?
0: You know of it? The beast?
2: Uh, well, there were a a few details we might have forgotten
0: to mention. Oh, dear. There was another man, you see. You've spoken to Hogarth. That was who I was looking for. What did he say, girl? Tell me. Uh, Not much.
2: Well, he's dead, actually. Really very dead. Something must have torn him apart. I was going to say, but... Like
0: the others, then. Dear James, he was the staunchest of us all. To have outlived Ypres, and now this. It's too... Dear boy, would you stop chewing? I'm not!
2: I hear it too.
0: Then that's it. It has us. This way, only the most drastic solutions will suffice.
5: feels like I'm stepping on something.
2: Probably gravel.
5: I think the gravel is moving. I know
2: this sounds stupid, but do you think this is some kind of test? Like you hear about in these odd Oxford interviews?
5: That happened to me, you know. At the start of the interview, I was invited in. They didn't ask me to sit down. What happened then? Well, it was a bit awkward. <laughs> that was it, really. This
0: way. Quickly.
5: Where are we now? We must be coming out soon, mustn't we? Er,
2: bead. That's Anglo-Saxon literature, isn't it?
5: See, at least all that research you did came in handy.
2: I think I've just realised why I hit you now. Roger, something's wrong. That chewing noise, it's getting louder.
5: I know I'm cluffy, but I can't hear... Where is it coming from?
2: Behind us. And in front.
0: Come, in here. We need to make a start. But this isn't the exit. What is this room? Come through. Close the door. We've not a moment to waste.
5: Restoration room. Artifacts and papyrus. Why are we...
2: What is that thing? You know, don't you?
0: What was what? It's in the darkness, you see. Only when you close your eyes. It's as Hogarth said. How was it now? We don't consume the texts, they consume us. (laughs) Bit of a literary in-joke. First-class wag. Shame about all that tearing and gouging.
2: Sir, I heard a door shut earlier. It was you, wasn't it? Locking us in.
0: Um, yes. Quite so. Nothing to be done about it, I'm afraid. Best get it all over and done with. Come on in. Did you turn off the lights, too? Of course not. Young man, do you take me to be some kind of lunatic? Um. No,
2: no. But don't you see there's no way out? We're running out of matches. Whatever you've planned, I don't think a door will stop whatever thing tore an armed man to pieces.
0: It'll be with us soon. Can't you hear the gnashing and chewing?
2: Yes, yes. So please give us the key. We can tell somebody.
0: No, no. It's against procedures. This is for your own good. This way. You'll be quite safe.
2: No. Sorry, I won't be trapped. If you won't give it to us, we'll take our chances without it. But I'm not... I won't be trapped.
0: Madam, you don't understand the consequences if you don't... Well, I see you can't be moved. All right. All right. Wait here. Quick thinking, Ags.
5: That bit about taking our chances.
2: I think it's too late.
5: Well, I'm sure... Roger,
2: it's here. Down that corridor. It's watching us.
5: But it's pitch black. I can't see a diggy bird.
2: Claws. They're as big as Cook's knives. Can't
0: you see? Ow! A match. Quick. This way, dear. No need to struggle. It's all quite in regulations. (laughs) Just a small incision. Where is it now? Agnes, what's happening?
5: Sir? Oh,
0: cripes. Off off, me! Ow! Young lady, it is a very serious offense to bite a librarian on duty. (sighs) Roger, do it (sighs) for- Who do I tell? I, I don't know. Hit him!
5: Sorry, sir. Ow! Roger, through here! I-, I can't see. Help me close the door now. What's going on?
0: Let me in! Let me in! Young lady, you are in terrible danger. You must.
2: He tried to attack me with a knife. I bit
0: him. Stamped on his foot. I-, I hit something. I think it was him. I only acted in your best interests. You must. The light. I need it. Let me in. You have to. I think it was a
2: bookcase. You hit.
0: I won't last a moment. You must have mercy. It's the darkness! What do
5: I do? I
0: don't know what to do! What do you mean? We
5: keep the madman with the knife out there!
0: They're here! Inside already! You can't... you can't stop it!
5: He's probably just making it all up, I'm not even sure there is a... Ah. What was that?
2: Help me pull this cabinet, we have to stop it getting in! He...
5: has, has he just... did we just hear... This is a terrible interview.
2: It's trying
5: to get in. I really think this is all very unsatisfactory. I just thought we would have a cup of tea and talk about the Dewey Decimal System and, and employment opportunities.
2: Roger, he's dead and we will be too unless, oh no, it's eating. Can you hear it?
5: No, Agnes. I think I need the matches. Your face. Agnes, You're covered in cuts and scratches.
2: Maybe he caught me with the knife or the creature.
5: No. It's your hands, Agnes. It's nail marks. Your hands are covered in blood.
2: Why would I do that? I don't... Oh, that noise!
5: Yes. Agnes, just stay here. I'm going to look for another exit, or something.
2: Yes, I... Tell me everything you
5: can see. Uh, um... Alright, well, there are some shelves. Lower cabinets have scrolls and whatnot. Higher up, there are stone tablets behind glass.
2: Why would he bring us here? He had a reason.
5: There's a fireplace, ow, tables. There's an empty alcove here, some kind of pulley system, M- maybe for the books. Big work desk, with lots of papers on them. No doors. No exit.
2: There must be more. The desk. What's on the desk?
5: Well, nothing. It's a bit of a mess. Oh, this is hopeless. There are tools, files, papers, pliers, bandages. There's blood on them.
2: It's moving. It's trying to find another way in.
5: It doesn't make any sense. Why would an archivist have bottles with bugs in them? Like a laboratory. What a bit das peculiar. Bookworms.
2: Oh no, 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 no. I think I've got it all wrong. All of it. Roger, we're almost out of matches. We don't have much time. I need you to get something to cut with Righto. And the pliers. You said there were pliers. Got it. And the bandages. Also, is there anything to bite down on? Um,
5: not sure I like where this is going. It's all
2: right. Well, not really, but I've got a plan. I think I can get us out of here before... before I go balmy or something. I just need a favour.
5: Is it to lend you a shilling and pay you back sort of favour? Uh,
2: no, not exactly. More like surgery, in fact. With pliers? I don't have much time to explain. I think there are two possibilities... The first is that the creature is waiting for us to run out of matches, break in and tear us to pieces.
5: Um that's not very Oh, what's the other option?
2: That it's already infected us and we're going to tear each other to pieces and then maybe it'll come in or something worse.
5: What's worse than What what do you mean infected?
2: You said there were creatures in the files.
5: Worms or something. Horrible thready little blighters.
2: Bookworms. They were looking for bookworms, you said. The archivist talked about grubs. Remember the things moving on the floor? What if something bit me when I touched that man's body? That was when I first heard the monster.
5: What does that mean?
2: The archivist changed direction when he knew I could hear it and you can't. Maybe he knew I was infected going crazy like him. Maybe he was trying to help with a knife. He was trying to cut it out.
5: Well, he has a pretty poor bedside manner, I'd say. Wait. Does that mean we are being chased by a real minotaur or a fictional one? That also kills people?
2: I don't know. I don't know if it matters.
5: It matters to me?
2: Yes, of course, but everyone ends up dead anyway. Maybe the man we found on the floor tore himself to pieces. And the archivist, what if he went mad out of terror and turned the knife on himself? But why would they do that? Same reason I'm doing it. I can't stop scratching and tearing. It's the noise, the chewing. It's not just outside, it's inside, in me. Oh! The matches! The matches, where are they? Roger, I think I can feel where it is in my arm. You're going to help me cut it out.
5: Oh, I'm really not great with blood. You're a medical student. When I cut up things, they're normally dead already. Oh, sorry, probably not the right thing to say.
2: Roger, no flanneling about. I know, I just know, that when the lights go out the monster will be here. And honestly, I'm not great with blood either when it's mine, so... Oh, just give me the knife.
5: No, no, no. It's all right. Um... Right then. You're going to need to bind your arm with something. About maybe. And I'll need the alcohol.
0: Here.
2: (sighs) Aren't you supposed to use it for disinfectant?
5: Oh, yes. Yes, that's right, isn't it? Hold this light. Yes, I think I can see something beneath the surface, below the veins. Oh, veins. Lord, I forgot about those. What if I... You you do trust me, don't you? You don't think... Ags? guard my soul and
2: deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge.
5: Uh, Oh, yes, of course. Good idea. Best hold on to something. (gasps) Oh, no. Matches! 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 Agnes! Agnes! Are you all right? Are you... No! That really hurt! Sorry, you did say... You said
2: cut, not sore. What kind of surgeon are you? Ow!
5: I- I'm not a... It was a paper knife. I-, I didn't want to do it.
2: Well, I didn't want to have a job interview by a madman, a minotaur in a corpse with a drinking problem. <sighs> did you get it out?
5: Yes. Well, I think so. Can you still hear anything?
2: I don't know. No. No. Maybe. Like... Noise, or a draft, or...
5: Let's bind this up.
2: It's not safe. We're still running out of light. We've got to leave.
5: I thought you said... I don't know.
2: Maybe we're safe, but what if it's heard us and is just waiting? Don't touch that!
5: The door is blocked anyway. I think it's the chap's body.
2: It's all right. I have an idea. We can use the book pulley.
5: You're right. That goes straight to the reading room. Top drawer idea. Although it's quite small, actually, and weigh quite heavy. Uh, match...
2: There's only two left in the box. Come on, this is our chance.
5: Uh,
2: Can you get your elbow out of my face?
5: Sorry? What do you do now? Oh,
2: Paul, I can't do it. I'm bleeding to death in one arm.
5: It was blunt. I'm really better with amphibians. No, all right. Let me... Oh. Is—is this? We made it! I never thought I'd be so happy to see the reading room. Finally, a little bit of daylight. Well, evening. Oh,
2: my lord, thank you. I didn't think for a moment any of that would work.
5: We do attract some bother, don't we? I don't mind telling you it all makes me quite peckish now. College might still be serving.
2: It looks pretty empty. Do they lock this up at night as well?
5: Oh, that would be a bind. I'd rather fix my mind on a plate full of ice cream. (laughs) Say, Agnes, one question. If that chap didn't turn off the lights, well, who did exactly? I mean, if it wasn't really a monster...
2: I... don't know. I think I need to sit down. Hang on. What's that in your pocket?
5: Oh, nothing. Just for pliers.
2: Where did you put the worm?
5: Uh, I... uh... oh. You know, that's a jolly good question.
2: You don't... you haven't put it in your pocket, have you?
5: Well... Oh. Take
2: off your trousers!
5: Uh, gosh, Yags, that's a bit... I'm sure I could take the pliers out. Nope,
2: nope. This place is going to be crammed full of students. What's in your trousers could cause pandemonium.
5: Funny you should say that, actually. We need
2: to take them off and burn them straight away.
5: Uh, but, um, aren't there any other
2: alternatives? Yes, I can set fire to them whilst they're still on you.
5: You're still angry at me, aren't you? That was you, wasn't it? It's just, I heard this chewing noise and, eggs? That's got to be you. Me? I wouldn't. I'm getting them off! I'm getting them off!
0: In the Radcliffe Square Labyrinth by Richard H. Brooks Beth Eyre played Agnes. James Molloy played Roger. Philip Cotterill played Tobias. Music was by Tom Rory Parsons. Sound design and recording was by Chris Jarvis of the Radio Theatre Workshop. The show was directed by Corrine Cronfley and produced by Corinne Cronfley and Richard H. Brooks as part of the 11th Hour Audio Challenge.
1: 11th Hour Audio presents Waiting for a Lift
6: Come on. It says you're on a road that's not a road. It's just a damn cornfield. Your GPS signal is so shitty out here. Hey, kid. What? Who said
7: that? Who's there? Me. Over here. To your right. Man, will you put the damn phone down?
6: Is someone here? Are you all right?
7: I'm fine. What you doing out here?
6: Waiting for my ride. Trying to get home.
7: Well, good luck with that. The signal out here is really shitty. Ah, don't touch me. Oh, the colors.
6: Oh. Oh, time, man, it's... What was I saying? Oh, oh, God. Are you an actor from the Hayride? Or are you an actual scarecrow?
7: The real deal, kid.
6: But isn't that
7: a... Ah, she's a raven.
6: What's the difference? Uh, 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 All right, I'm sorry. Look, this must be some kind of prank. You're yanking my chain, right? Either that or I'm seeing things. You're goddamn right you're seeing
7: things. Seeing things the way they really are.
6: Aww. No way, it's just the booze, or the pot, or the mushroom. Oh, you
7: high as fuck all right.
6: Then I'm not talking to a scarecrow?
7: You most certainly are talking to a scarecrow, but I'm talking back. This is a conversation. But how is that possible? Halloween, bruh. The veil between the worlds is thin, and you towing the line. Seems you placed yourself about halfway through.
6: Through what?
7: Through the veil. Uh, can I ask you something? Shoot. Who made you? Who well, isn't that some esoteric bullshit? Who made you, motherfucker?
6: Sorry, I'm
7: just curious. Huh. Yes, sir. You are one curious cat. Curious cat. Oh, um. man. Who made me is one peach of a tail. Maybe I'll tell it to you if you uh do me a favor. What's that? Can you help me down off this thing? it's uh, it's really uncomfortable.
6: Well, if you can move and talk, can't you just hop
7: down yourself? Maybe I will. All right, truth is that the book says I have to convince someone. listen yeah, it's a long story, man, just give me a hand real quick and i'll I'll fill in all the details
6: um uh, I, I gotta get going. I uh, I have to find my ride. Hey, man, I hardly weigh anything at all. Just, just real quick here. Just give me a lift. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, man. I, I really gotta get out of here. I, I, I gotta go. I'll, I'll catch you later.
7: Hey, come on, man. Hey, you got any friends need guitar lessons? I know a guy. Man, some people just can't take a joke. Ah! Anyway, hope that driver shows up.
1: You are listening to Waiting for a Lift, an 11th hour audio production. Sound effects from freesound.org, sonus.com, and by Owen McEwan. Songs featured in this program are Mystic Blues, Tape Saturation Blues, and our theme song, Raven and Scarecrow, all courtesy of Steve Blizzon of Puzzle Audio.
3: It took so long,
4: uh, GPS couldn't pick up the location. Signal was really shitty out this way. Hey, is that a crow?
1: Waiting for a Lift is performed by John Grills as the guy, Steve Blizzon as the driver, Owen McEwen as the scarecrow, and the Raven as herself hear more of John's work at creepypod.com listen and support creepy won't you and thanks again creepy intro is used with John's kind permission and you can hear more of Steve's work at creepypod.com as well as on his own website puzzleaudio.com waiting for a lift cover art design by Patrick McEwen. You can find him at Ink Puddle pretty much everywhere. Thanks for listening, and remember to tune in to 11th Hour Audio Productions wherever you find your most valuable audio drama information. Have a great World Audio Drama Day. Oh, and Happy Halloween.
6: Touch me.
4: And that's this week's show. Thanks so much for joining us in the Mutual Audio Network and specifically on the Sunday showcase lineup. The Sonic Society will return next week with more great features from the world of modern audio drama. You can join the conversation and send us your comments at sonicsociety at gmail.com. Contact us on Twitter at Sonic Society or at AstroTour2010. Check out the Facebook groups such as Radio Drama, Audio Drama Lovers, and of course the Sonic Society and Mutual Audio Network fan pages. But until next week, I'm David Alt,
3: And I'm Jack Ward. Have a wonderful day, folks.
4: And good morning. (laughs) The Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators, and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening.
3: This has been an Electric Vicuna production. And that's this week's show. Thanks so much for joining us, and I'm doing your job. I'm just going to relax. I was going to say. I'll go back to sleep now. Okay, go ahead. (laughs)